I'm Rasa Kay, and I'm talking with Dr. Kulpreet Barn. He is the medical director of the Heart Failure Program at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Burlington County. Quick review, what is heart failure? What isn't heart failure? You know, it's not unusual for someone who's been surprised to grab their chest and say, oh my God, you're giving me heart failure. Heart failure isn't a heart attack, but it can lead to one, can't it? Well, you know, heart failure is, uh, well, thank you for having me and, uh, you know, uh, thank you for this discussion, important discussion. Uh, heart failure is actually the end result of uh, most of heart diseases. Instead, it could be in the form of after a heart attack, high blood pressure, diabetes, certain infections, or if you're born with certain genes. Heart failure is just a generic term that once those disease prog- processes progress and your heart gets heart muscle gets weak and it doesn't pump enough blood to your body and you have symptoms, that's essentially called heart failure. There is more than one type of heart failure and, of course, as you said, stages of heart failure, diastolic versus systolic. How do you break all this down? In general, um, you know, heart failure, like I said, is an end result of multiple disease processes. And the way the heart can fail is two ways. One is not pumping enough blood to your body, and that can cause you to feel symptoms. And 50% of the people will have a problem of relaxation where the heart doesn't relax properly. It doesn't get enough blood into the heart, so it doesn't pump blood out enough. So both are essentially not pumping enough blood, but one is a condition where it's not pumping blood, and one is a condition where the heart doesn't fill with enough blood. So there's about 50-50% split. There's about 6 million people in the United States living with heart failure, and about 50% will have the systolic where it doesn't pump enough, and about 50% will have diastolic where it doesn't relax enough. You said that heart failure can follow certain conditions, but not all of these conditions are gener- are necessarily going to lead to heart failure. What would signal heart failure danger ahead for anybody with these illnesses? That's a great question, and I think there's a lot of research going on that, and we'll you know have certain uh, markers that we can look into. But but in general, if you're a patient, you know, we identify high risk population. High risk populations are the ones. Certain lifestyles, like if you smoke or if you drink heavily or if you use drugs, uh, those are people at risk for developing heart failure. Certain people with certain disease processes, like if you have heart disease, if you have heart blockages, stents, or if you've had heart attack, they're at high risk for having uh, heart failure. If you have diabetes, obesity, uh, those can also lead to uh, heart failure. And what we're finding now these days is there's a genetic uh, cause, too. I take care of family members mother, son, uh, there's a genetic component to their heart failure, even though they did everything right in their life, they just have bad genes. So, you know, all those things can lead to uh, heart failure. It can be difficult to pinpoint the symptoms as being indicative of heart failure. How do you definitively diagnose? You know, you hit the nail on the head and it's very hard because one of the common symptoms of heart failure is swelling of the legs or a shortness of breath, which can be for many other things too, like lung problems or just being overweight or certain medication side effects. So a lot of people get misdiagnosed or missed because they keep getting blamed on other things. But then we have certain tools that we use. Or you have to go see a heart failure specialist. We examine patients and we can use certain imaging like echocardiogram, certain blood work like BNP. Uh, so we have other tools that help us aid in the diagnosis. So it's a diagnosis of symptoms, uh, a combination of blood work, imaging, and you know, putting everything together. Now, there have to be differences in treating the two types you mentioned, diastolic and systolic, and then certainly the stage of heart failure would also dictate the treatment. term that I came across connected to heart failure, cardiac cripple. What is that? People say walking wounded or cardiac cripple. When we have patients with heart failure, we like to divide them into how functional they are, and then we also like to divide them in what stages they are. And the reason for that is because it helps us, A, put them in a bucket, 
And the reason you want to put them in that bucket is because then you have to treat them a certain way uh, to you know, optimize their outcomes. So when you get to stage D, which is the last stage of heart failure, or when you start having class 4 symptoms, when you're short of breath with, at rest or class 3B with very minimal exertion, those patients uh, are sometimes in the layman's term called cardiac cripple. I'll give you an example. I saw a patient earlier today who's about two years ago was, you know, uh, able to do whatever he wanted, but came to the hospital, he couldn't take two steps, and he's 30 pounds volume overloaded. So, you know, th- that's like a cardiac cripple, where so you go from doing whatever you wanted to, but now you can't even walk a few steps. And some people say walking wounded, where they're able to walk short distances, but they're very symptomatic, and things can progress, and people can be mistaken for having lung problems, overweight, and we see this all the time, but they actually generally have heart failure. So it's medical shorthand. In terms of the prognosis for the stages, how are we looking for heart failure patients? In cardiology, there's you know a few disease processes that are very, very serious, like aortic stenosis or heart failure. I think so depending on the stage, that's another reason why we divide them. It gives us prognosis and like, I mean, how, how, what's going to be their longevity. But usually, you know, in general, if you look at all comers, all stages combined, you know, it's about 50% five-year you know, survival. Uh, but if you look in further into stages, if you're really bad stage D, class four, uh, you know, if you quote some of the numbers you're looking at, you know, if you do nothing, medical therapy, one-year survival is about 20% or even less, or maybe off by 5%. So depending on the stage, as the stages progress, your prognosis gets worse. So even if you're no symptoms and you're stage A, even then you're a high-risk population. You should definitely see, a, uh, ideally, a heart failure cardiologist. If you don't have access to a heart failure cardiologist, please see a general cardiologist because there are certain medications that you need to be on that prolong your life. Now, you said stage A, no symptoms. How do you ever find heart failure in someone who's presenting no symptoms? How do you stumble upon it? Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, risk factors, right? If you're diabetic, hypertensive, if you read a high-risk lifestyle, you can be screened by certain blood work and history. Those are patients that are risk for developing heart failure. Stage B is people who have uh, structural heart disease but no symptoms yet. So, you know, those are the people that, you know, you want to aggressively treat their blood pressure, diabetes, uh, smoking cessation, uh, abstinence from alcohol, uh, sleep apnea treatment. And if they start getting structural heart disease, if you pick up by physical exam or blood work or, or echocardiogram done for an abnormal EKG on screening, then you need to be on certain medications focused on, for the weak heart. It's correct to say there's no cure for heart failure, but is there management? Yes and no. So there are certain heart failure or weakening of the heart muscle that's reversible, such as stress cardiomyopathy or certain inflammations of the heart like sarcoid, um, if you have certain infections. So it's not every single heart failure patient can never have resolution of their structural heart disease, but vast majority will not. So it's a chronic disease management. That's why you need to be part of a structured heart failure clinic, a heart failure program, ideally led by heart failure cardiologists and nurse practitioners who specialize in that because there are things I always joke around and say this, that, you know, just like a, like a musician looks at the piano differently, a heart failure cardiologist looks at a heart failure patient differently. So if you've had a heart failure, I, I strongly encourage you to, uh, you know, see a specialist at least once in your lifetime if you have access to. I'm Rasa Kay, and I'm talking with Dr. Kulpreet Barn. He is the medical director of the Heart Failure Program at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in Burlington County. What other kind of misconceptions about heart failure are important to clarify? I think the prognosis. I think uh, people think heart failure is just like any other heart, heart disease or cardiovascular disease like hypertension. It's not, actually. If you have stage D or advanced heart failure, your your prognosis is bad as 
certain cancers. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, and that's a big surprise to them. So it's a very serious condition, especially if you have symptoms. It's a very lethal condition. So that's the message I would like to give you. Do not say that it's not. It is as bad as having certain cancers. So you got to take it very seriously. Can you prevent it? Yes. Things that we sort of talked about, smoking, uh, avoiding smoking, alcohol, and uh, treating your blood pressure aggressively, diabetes aggressively, heart disease, your cholesterol. So a lot of those things can lead to heart failure. So reduce the incidence. But once you get it, and if it's permanent, then really it's the medications to prolong your life. What's new in heart failure treatment and in terms of how you treat it here at Deborah? It's a very exciting time to be in the field. Over the last couple of years, we've had some new medications that have come out, such as Secubitril, Valsartan, or Entresto, or Nevabardine. Uh, these medications have even better outcomes, so they're pills that you can take. So reach out to your local heart failure cardiologist to see if you're a candidate for these pills because they can be given to class 2, class 3 patients, which comprises about 80% of our weak heart patients. Remember, 50% of weak heart, and out of them about, I would say, 80% will have class 2, class 3. So you might be a candidate for these therapies, and they're, they make you live longer and feel better. And uh, also, you know, they're, if you get to the last stage of heart failure, traditionally transplant has been the has been the gold standard, and it still is. But if you're not a candidate now, you have these pumps. Uh, or if you need to be bridged uh, to the transplant, you can have these left ventricular assist devices that over the last seven years have become sort of mainstream. But over the last year, there's newer pumps, third-generation pumps out now called the HeartMate 3, and there are newer devices coming down the line. So there's a lot of excitement of that. So if you ask me over the last year, the HeartMate 3 has been approved for a bridge to transplant, and we had another device, Hardware, approved for destination therapy, uh, which was only for bridge to transplant. So we've got a couple of devices that are coming forefront. And at Deborah, you know, now we have the expertise to manage uh, all this. So if you can, um, you know, reach out to Deborah Heart Failure Program, and we can manage certainly any stage of heart failure here. Describe a little bit more about this Deborah Heart Failure Program, because you're new here, and you've got uh, some plans for it. Yeah, I mean, I think the vision for the hospital was that given that there there's so many patients who are with heart failure at Deborah Heart Lung Center, that as it's a heart hospital, that to have a board-certified heart failure specialist here, which uh, I was recruited here for, uh, to run that program. And also we've uh, comprised a team of nurse practitioners. So we uh, have a heart failure clinic as well as we're probably going to be moving towards an heart failure inpatient unit. Uh, so the goal would be to if you're a heart failure patient, you'll get a comprehensive approach if you need to be admitted to the hospital or if you're living with heart failure, you can come to the clinic for all those things that we talked about, uh, lifestyle, education about weights. Are, are you a candidate for newer medications? Are you a candidate for advanced therapies? So even pulmonary hypertension. So we're going to be able to offer all those services with the help of the entire team. So our nurse practitioners are also very well experienced and uh, we're very lucky to have them. So I think we have a team here now that is focused on treating heart failure from all stages. And if there's something uh, you know we cannot provide here, uh, we have a partnership with regional centers that we can get that done for you. So our patients uh, have, even though they're living with heart failure, our goal is to make this as as comfortable as possible. Traditionally, our heart failure patients, like let's say if you have this assist device or transplant, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for patients to travel an hour into downtown Philadelphia or 
go up north, which as you can all imagine, a 70-year-old patient who's struggling with heart failure is difficult, right? You have to do that four to five times a year or maybe even more. Or a hospital because none of the local hospitals can take care of you. You always have to get admitted over there. Or every time you go to a local hospital, you're shipped to downtown. So you know, we're trying to bring that technology to our local community here so those patients can go to the hospitals they're used to, right? They've been coming to Deborah all their life, and now they're at the end stage. Now they have to go learn a new hospital, which is difficult, right? So you're already going through a tough time medically and then all these social issues that come up. So we're trying to bring this technology uh, locally here. So uh, moving forward, you know, if you have this assist device or if you have a heart transplant, Deborah will still be your point hospital. And if something actually needs to be done, then we can always get you out to the to the implanting site. So we're trying to create a comprehensive program so patients uh, can stay in their community, yet get great care, but yet still have access to all the advanced therapies that the other institution offers. I hesitate to call it one-stop shopping, but it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, that's what our goal is. Our goal even eventually, hopefully, is to, in the next year, uh, to start doing some of these therapies locally here, too. So we're trying to bring as much as over as the years go by to Deborah, because that's what the vision is, because there's so many of our patients who live with heart failure in this county and who come to us for care that I think it's our duty to bring this technology to this area. What's got you jazzed in terms of what's on the horizon for heart failure? What gets me jazzed is I think definitely I think the assist devices are very exciting. There's a lot of other research going into stem cell. You know, we're waiting for them, some of those trials results. But I think mechanical assist devices are definitely going to be the future of heart failure. They're getting smaller. We're into the third generation devices, and it's all in the last 10 years. So I think in the coming five years, we're going to have even smaller devices that can be done at even you know, smaller hospitals. So I think that's the good thing is that the patients will have more options. So our goal still should be to prevent, treat, you know, they should get into the primary care doctor's office and get their diabetes, hypertension. But if you do develop heart failure, the good news is that 30 years ago, it was a really lethal process. Now it's becoming better, but we still have ways to go. But the, but to get jazzed about it is that there are more options coming down the line. So anyone with uh, concerns, interest, questions about heart failure, about the heart failure program at Deborah, how do they get in touch? Yeah, I mean, there are very few board-certified advanced heart failure doctors trained in the country, especially in this area. One of the few that have been have done a special training for this. So if you want consultation with our program, you can visit demanddebora.org, and you can get further information on how to make an appointment, and we'll be happy to assist as, uh, as much as we can.